Welcome back to the Toolkit Depot studio. If you want to have your say on anything on the show today, you can on the Temperate Bedshed text line 0487 736 736. Well, Live Golf came to Adelaide on the weekend and Nick O'Hearn, winner of six professional titles and, of course, uh, part of the SEN family uh, with Off the Tee, which uh, goes to air weekly. He was there, saw it, and covered it for SEN Radio. Nick, welcome to the show, and what did you make of it all? Thanks, Mark. Uh, great to chat. What did I make of it? Well, yeah, I've never seen anything like it in Australia, that's for sure. Um, when I first uh, got there, I was on there the weekend. I didn't do Friday, but the infrastructure, for one, was something I've just never seen before. The amount of money they must have uh, output to, to to build everything and the construction and and the whole atmosphere and the, the the fan zone where we was and the grandstands and everything going on was just out of this world. I mean, even in the US, I don't think they do it that large. So um, the overall feeling of it, it was just a massive party, really. I mean, there was music going on all the time. People who probably don't know much about golf were out there and having a great time. So in that sense, I think it was just fantastic for people to get into the game of golf and and really experience something like uh, we've never seen before. And um, especially for the you know all the the public that were there to see the the stars that came and played, like the Mickelsons, Kepka, and uh, uh, who else? You got you got uh, Bryson and um, Cam Smith and you know Louis Eustace and you name it. You know all those guys we've watched on TV for so many years. Uh, all came to Australia to play a golf tournament. So uh, it was certainly a lot of fun for everyone. <laughs> Would you give it a tick? Well, as far as, uh, you know, pr- promoting golf here in this country, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, got people out in the course that probably would never get there. They're going to pick up a club that they probably never thought of. And everyone had a great time. It's, it, for me, it kind of felt like a big party with a bit of golf mixed in, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, the, the way the tournament, uh, the event unfolded towards the end made it very interesting. With Taylor Gooch took a 10-shot lead. So it was really, we thought it was going to be a one-horse race. But he kind of capitulated through the middle of his round to make things interesting. But he, he got it done in the end. Um, you know, I'm sure he was feeling the pressure. But for the most part, um, it kind of has a bit of an exhibition feel to it. But, um, you know, I think the players, they, they thoroughly enjoy the format. And, and there's a fair bit to say, you know, with the team uh, aspect of it as well. Are you concerned about the splitting golf at the moment and where it heads? Like, wh- Where do you see it heading? Is there going to be a resolution here or are we going to see uh, golf splinter into two distinct factions, do you think? Yeah, I think it's probably going to stay separated at the moment. Uh, the PGA Tour really has no incentive, I don't think, to align with Liv or in- include them in anything that they want to do because they've all they've upped their prize money and, and really... Uh, you know, just sent things through the roof as far as uh, their tour is concerned monetarily and and they've revamped their whole schedule, which they needed to do. I mean, Liv was actually probably the best thing that came along for the PGA Tour because it made them revamp everything and, and change their structure around and, and the players are the one that benefit the most because the money they're playing for now is at least double, almost triple of what they were playing pre-Liv, I guess you could say. So um, how they can you know, come together, I'm not quite sure how that will happen. I mean, Greg Norman obviously has some sort of a, uh, you know, him and the PGA Tour just don't get along. I think he's willing to talk from the sounds of things, but the Tour are probably saying, you know, just do your thing, we'll do ours and go from there. And, and, and I think they can coexist uh, from what I saw yesterday. Um, you know, it's just a completely different product to what we're normally used to. It's something very different. I don't think they'll get the world ranking points and everything that they want. That's just a process that takes uh, at least a couple of years. So they're going to have issues there with players, 
you know, falling outside the world rankings and, and how that all unfolds, I really don't know. Philosophically, if you were a player now and you had a PGA Tour card, would you be tempted to join Live or would you stay with the Tour? Well, the way the Tour is now, um, after being revamped and the money they're playing for and the guarantees that uh, you know they've put in place, they have these, um, you know, you start the year and they, you basically get a half a million dollars to pay your expenses for the year. That, that never used to happen, obviously. There are obviously still cuts every week with these designated events that they're um, introducing, there are going to be no cut events. So if you can, if you're in that top echelon, absolutely. I'd stay with the PGA tour. However, if maybe you're on the fringes and you get the chance to go to live and you're not guaranteed all, all this money that the top guys are getting, well, that might be something for people to think about, but it really depends on, I think, um, how you feel about the game. Do you want to go down in history of winning major championships and the biggest tournaments in the world, or are you in it for the money? So, uh, there's sort of two ways to think about it in that regard, I guess. Now, there was a Kepka that did make a splash in Adelaide, but it wasn't Brooks. It was Chase. Tell us about Chase Kepka and the holy one at the 12th. Yeah, he's the younger brother of the you know, four-time major winner, Brooks, obviously. He hasn't really done much in his professional career, but, um, but uh, what uh, he, he's on uh, Brooks's team. I, I'm trying to remember the name of their team, to be honest. But, um, yeah, he came to the 12th hole, which is the watering hole, the... They built a stadium around it, similar to what they do in Phoenix at the Waste Management Tournament. It's kind of a scaled-down version of that. And they were waiting for a hole-in-one, and and they got it. And the place went absolutely nuts. I mean, beer was showered everywhere, all over the place. Luckily, they'd switched from, I think, the cans to the plastic cups because the previous day they sort of been bombarding uh, the, the players and everything with cans. And a volunteer, I believe, might have got hurt or something like that. So they switched to the plastic, and someone had a hole-in-one kind of Kepker in their case, and um, yeah, I think uh, Leishman Lager was very happy because everyone had to buy more product. <laughs> <laughs> How many times a year will we see live golf in Australia, Nick? What's the schedule? Oh, well, I mean, they, they have only once at the moment. Um, it, it probably won't be coming to Melbourne for sure because, you know, the PGA Tour uh, looks at the uh, President's Cup here, so I, I doubt it'll be coming here, but uh, it may go to other cities. Who knows whether Sydney or Brisbane or somewhere like that might uh, have something. Uh, I imagine that would be in the works for Norman and, and the Live Golf team to start looking at other events because this one stood out more than any of the other ones that I've seen them put on. And, um, you know, next week they're in uh, Singapore. Or sorry, this week they're in Singapore. So it'll be interesting to see what the crowd's like and, and how it goes down there. But this has been their, um, their, their number one event in their season. So they probably need to just try and replicate this if they can every single time. Cameron Smith, what does it mean for someone like him and the legacy he may leave, given that he just climbed pretty much to the top of the pile and now he's um, he's playing in events that uh, don't bring ranking points? Yeah, I, again, that's probably a question you have to ask him. Uh, I was surprised when he did go. Um, I thought at the time he, he had the chance to potentially become Australia's greatest ever golfer. I mean, you've got... Peter Thompson with five majors, Kari Webb, which she got probably seven majors, I believe. Norman's got a couple, but um, it depends on who you want to put at the top of the pedal still there. And and his game at the you know when he won the when the Open Championship and then he announced, I mean he was at the top of his form, a number two ranked player in the world. And I think he's still number six or seven in the world because um, his ranking was that high, obviously. But uh, it was a surprise for me. But he he obviously. Uh, thought it was going to be best for him and his family. He wanted to come back to Australia more and spend time here. 
The downside at the moment for him looking at the schedule is they've spread it out over about 10 months and sometimes they're only playing once a month. So whether he makes trips back to Australia in between or he stays based in the States, I don't know. But uh, he sounded very happy with the choice and, and he, um, he he loves the format. So that's all he can sort of uh, go upon, I guess. Uh, philosophically, again, um, should the PGA Tour share itself more with the world rather than just being focused in America? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we'd we'd love to to get a, more more events uh, spread around. I, I think that's uh, the one issue with uh, the tour over there. They they love to keep things in house, I guess, in the states. I mean, they've done it a couple of times, going to Malaysia and uh, a couple of events in Asia, I believe. At times, they've, they've aligned themselves a little bit more now with the DP World Tour over in Europe. So they're trying to um, you know do some co-sanctioned uh, events there like the Scottish Open and, and things like that. So hopefully that grows in that sense. Will we ever get one down here? Potent- possibly. One of the designated events I think that they're looking at would probably be the way to do that because guys aren't going to come all the way down here just to miss a cut, that's for sure, <laughs> um, in that regard. So I think the majors have the best you know, chance of that. Maybe the PGA Championship, which has always been based in, in the US, I think that would be the one to really just take around the world. Wouldn't that be fantastic to have a major just go from country to country? Absolutely. And maybe the match play as well. Maybe they could do something like that and, uh, and give the, the rest of the world a look at it like that, that way. Yeah, true. But unfortunately, the match play uh, has gone by the wayside. The last one was played this year in uh, Austin, Texas, and they don't have any immediate plans to bring the match play back. But you're right. I mean, that would be great to have. uh, I mean, golf needs match play as well. I think that's one of the best formats. I love it, obviously, but uh, it's one of those events that uh, could certainly travel the world. I mean, we had it down here at Metropolitan back in 2001, and I think everyone loved it. Nick, thanks very much for joining us and filling us in on Live Golf in Adelaide. Some great golf courses in Adelaide. I love the one with the train track running through the middle of it. That uh, that uh, makes me laugh every time I look at that. Um, but but thanks for joining us on the show and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Cheers. Nico Hearn from Off the Tee on SEN. Of course, that is uh, a weekly show. He has six professional wins and he was a uh, an interested spectator at Live Golf in Adelaide at the weekend. This is Mornings with Mark Duffield on SENWA. We'll take a break.